This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Hour two of Sportsnet Today rolls on. Logan Gordon along with you. From the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. CFL free agency well underway. Kicked off with a busy day one yesterday. Thanks in large part to the CFL's negotiation window. CFL insiders spent a, a good week or so breaking down deals and agreements between players and teams that uh, a lot were made official yesterday. But still uh, lots of fallout from day one and still lots of intriguing names out there when it comes to the CFL's free agent market, and there's been more moves today. So that's yeah, a good time to chat some CFL and see what's going on around the league. And uh, if you were smart enough to head to sportsnet.ca ahead of free agency, check out what was going on with uh, some of the key free agents around the league. You probably ran into our next guest's article. He broke it down with the CFL free agency preview, and we're very happy to have him join us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline this afternoon. It's uh, senior editor for Sportsnet.ca, Mike Kareen, joining us this afternoon. Mike, thanks for doing this. How are you? Hey, Logan. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, Been a busy 24 hours or so uh, for the CFL. That negotiation window sure seemed to have things kick off with a bang yesterday. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, like I understand why they did it, but it's it sort of, you know, we're coming off all these weird pandemic seasons, and and then we had our first sort of season without, you know, COVID having a huge impact or anything. But but you know, the majority of big names we already knew where they were going. So mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't think when twelve oh one hit, it was you know overly exciting for people. I mean, I, and and again, this is not. Look, the reporters are just like I salute the reporters, all of them who are doing this. They're just doing their jobs, and they're very good at their jobs, and that's great. But I don't know. It did. It, it certainly was not nowhere near as exciting as as you know some of the other leagues. Uh, as you wrote in your uh, your preview column uh, ahead of free agency, you know one of the top storylines, no doubt, was going to be the quarterback situation, and uh, both teams made it official: the quarterback swap between Montreal and Saskatchewan, Trevor Harris. Uh, introduced to Ryder Nation today, and he brings with him a pretty talented receiver uh, in Jake Wenicky and Cody Fajardo now heads to the mess that is uh, Montreal. Uh, just give me your thoughts on, on these two guys switching teams and what it might mean for them heading into the season. Yeah, sort of. I mean, Trevor Harris, it's funny, a few years ago, it looked like he was almost out of the league, and now he's mm-hmm. one of the more desired guys. And I thought he played pretty well last season you know and and if not for the ownership mess in Montreal it would have been a, a no like he basically told Howard Tchaikovsky in the Gazette the, the very good reporter there Montreal Gazette it would have been no brainer to come back especially with his familiarity with the new coach Jason Moss but anyway now he goes to Saskatchewan which was a mess for other reasons last year and 
and brings a good receiver with him, and it's getting, you know, reportedly a very good contract. So good for him. I mean, like I said, he, he looked on, he, it looked like he might be done a couple of years ago, but now all of a sudden he's one of the top guys. And then, you know, Cody, sort of the odd, like he, a couple of years ago, he was seen as on the rise. And then last year it all fell apart for them. How much of that was on him? How much of him was on the offensive line? And, you know, t- tough to say, right? But, uh, uh, you know, I guess the ownership situation there opened the door for him in Montreal. And, you know, we'll see what happens with a, with a, again, he's familiar with Moss. Moss was his offensive coordinator last year. So we'll see. Uh, curious what you've made of the, uh, you know, free agency roundup that's happened so far in Hamilton. Obviously, you know, Bolivai Mitchell was uh, the big off-season piece for Hamilton. They got him signed up a few weeks ahead of free agency, and they haven't stopped there. And it sure feels like a team that would like to be in the Grey Cup when it comes to town in Hamilton in November. Yeah, for for sure. I mean, they're, they're they got the longest Grey Cup going right now. It's ninety-nine, I believe, is the last one. So, uh, you know, hosting it for the second time in three years this time with you know a full Grey Cup experience, presumably. Um, so they're they're going for it, and now I mean, fully by Mitchell. There's no doubting his resume; it's great. But the question is, you know, what what is the current bully by Mitchell? I mean, he lost his job last year in Calgary. Um, is he still an elite quarterback, or is he diminished from what he once was? I guess you know we'll 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 find that out. Um, you know, if he would have said this is the ball Levi Mitchell from five years ago, you would say, great, for sure, great move. But, you know, his play wasn't as good the past few years. So time will tell. The, the, the problem right now, Logan, is that there's just – this is not the days of Doug Flutie, Matt Donegan, Damon Allen. There's just not the no. same level of quarterback across the league. So every one of these guys is, is a bit of a gamble. You know, the only one you could – kind of be certain of is Zach Caleros and, and even him like a few years ago you thought he might be done right yeah it's interesting you say that because you know Nathan Rourke came in last year and, and set the league on fire and you know doesn't even finish out the year the full year he deals with that injury and you know first chance he gets he's plucked by the NFL and a very opportunistic contract to go potentially back up Trevor Lawrence in Jacksonville the longevity for CFL quarterback just isn't all that uh, isn't all that long anymore, and the superstars don't tend to stick around the league for very long. Well, and, and there you got two spring leagues trying again in the U.S. Right, and, and you know the first sign was was today. Uh, see, Darnell Sankey, one of the top linebackers on the free agency market, apparently going to Dan Ralph, the CPU reporting to an Arlington of the XFL. So. Uh, you know, it's going to be harder, especially with the Canadian dollar, for for these teams to 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 attract the best candidates. Of course, I don't think there's any guarantee by any stretch that these other leagues are going to survive. But it's uh, for now, if the money is comparable, you can see why people wouldn't necessarily want to run up here, right? Oh yeah, hundred percent. For a lot of these guys too, a lot of the Americans, the chance to be closer to home and to be in a familiar you know, surrounding is something that's, it's got to be a big pull for a lot of guys. Well, and it's also the dollar value, right? I know what I like. I'm a Buffalo Bill season ticket over and the, the American exchange is yeah. not great for her. Dollar. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Uh, you know, if you're only getting like, you know, a rookie CFL contract, don't quote me. It's somewhere, you know, $70,000 or something Canadian. I mean, you know, you do the math. That's not great in American. So, 
Uh, looking at the uh, the Grey Cup uh, finalists, obviously the Argonauts and the uh, Blue Bombers from last season, both of them uh, active in free agency to get things going in the CFL. And uh, for the Blue Bombers, they bring back top receiver Kenny Lawler, who played for the Elks last season, but they also get lucky in the sense that Dalton Schoen, the uh, most outstanding rookie in the CFL last year, does not get an NFL opportunity and falls back into their laps. And it feels like Winnipeg's going to have another opportunity to make a run in the Grey Cup title if everything works out for them. Oh, yeah, they're they're you know they're clearly the best organization going right now. I mean, yes, they did lose the game, but I mean they've been to three Grey Cups in a row, and and you know I think Michael Shea is clearly right now the the top coach in the league, and they've. Sean was a great, great player. I, I was uh, a bit surprised he didn't get an NFL look, but yeah. uh, you know, another big year. I think he was. He is the waggle really helping him up here. I, you know, I'm not going to tell you I know enough about this technically, but certainly up here, he's been. He's, he was looked like a real great receiver last year. So when you add him and Lawler to what's already a, a very, very good team, I, I, I see no reason they're not the favorites going into the year again. For the Toronto Argonauts, I guess some people surprised that uh, McLeod Bethel-Thompson was not retained. I guess there's always an opportunity uh, for him to uh, to circle back and, and end up in Toronto once again, but could be an interesting start for the defending champs should they go to uh, to Chad Kelly, who's, of course, father is, is well-known around uh, NFL circles, but uh, after winning a great cup, the Argos might be making a big change at quarterback. Well, I mean, that's the thing. Like, apart from quarterback, I, I I really like that roster, and I really like what they've done the past few weeks. The trade for Jordan Williams, the linebacker from the Lions, who's an excellent player. Uh, they got the defensive lineman from Calgary. You're going to have to tell me how to pronounce his name. Yeah, for Larry Rivalata, yes. Very good. I'm glad you said it, not me. And then uh, <laughs> Darius Pickett, the, the LOS linebacker, I like. So, I, I, you know, their defense looks it was good last year and it looks better. Um, you know, the question is, is quarterback is McLeod Bethel Thompson coming back? Even if he is, he's a funny guy. There's, there's, you know, I, I, he has his moments, but he also has his not as great moments. Right. So having said that he won the great cops, can't take that away from him. He's, he's thrown for a lot of yards. So he's been productive. Um, is Chad Kelly the answer? I don't know, right? I mean, he had one good drive in the Grey Cup. He has, you know, he has a track record of being an NFL prospect. Mm-hmm. But if he's sure thing, by no means, right? So you got to start somewhere. Could this be it? Absolutely. He's got a big arm. Uh, and then the other guy out there, of course, is Dane Evans, who's still under contract with Hamilton, but is presumably either going to be traded or released. And again, he's a guy who looks very good sometimes and not very good at others so could he end up in toronto um uh, you know time there there's still there still needs to be a big answer there for for that team a lot of people and a lot of players actually notable on twitter the last couple of days you know interested how a guy like sean lemon makes it even into day two of free agency after the kind of year that he had and I look, I understand why a lot of players might look at that and say, hey, why isn't this guy signed? But I also understand teams are always, uh, Mike, a bit you know, cautious when it comes to a player's age and when that, that fallout might come. Sean Lemon now 34 years old, and you don't tell anybody here in Calgary, he had a massive impact, but clearly teams are, are kind of, you know, of just a little bit hesitant to give money to some of those older guys, especially on the defensive side of the ball. For sure. He's, he's such an interesting guy, Logan. Like, I... I... 
I talked to him last year for a story and just said, man, you're like the Kevin Glenn of defense. You're going to play for every team. <laughs> so he's, uh, he, he, you know, he's, I think he's two away or something, but mm-hmm. he's, he's always been productive. Like, and, and last year was, you know, the top defensive player in the West. So, is he older? For sure. And in, in football, you sometimes age creeps up on you very quickly. But uh, his resume is excellent. So you got to think he's going to be somewhere. I, I assume he might not get paid as much as he hopes. But uh, I wouldn't bet against that guy. He always seems to find a way to, to make an impact. And then up the road in Edmonton, uh, their quarterback situation might still be figuring itself out with a couple of young guys, but they'll certainly have a couple of options to throw the ball to. Kenny Lawler, obviously we mentioned him going to Winnipeg, uh, gets replaced by another top CFL receiver, and he's getting paid uh, over $300,000 annually on this contract. Eugene Lewis, uh, one of those players to leave Montreal this offseason. He's off to Edmonton, but Kyron Moore from the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, Stephen Dunbar, formerly of the Ticats, joining what now looks like a pretty potent passing attack in Edmonton, and they sure needed that offense struggled mightily last year. I mean, I love Gino Lewis, whether he's, whether that contract is too high, that's a, that's another debate, obviously, but just as a player, I think he's, to me, if I could take any receiver in the league, I'd take him. He's, he's been very productive despite seeing a revolving door of quarterbacks there. Like he, I talked to him last year, something like 15 different quarterbacks he's played with in five years, like just, you know, from Johnny Manziel to, the list goes on, right? So um, now he goes to another team where there's quarterback question. I mean, I know they did sign Cornelius to an extension, but he's got a lot to prove. Um, could Eugene Lewis potentially help him? For sure. So they, uh, you're right, though. I mean, on paper, that receiving group looks like, you know, if not the best in the league, at, at least top three. Uh, just a couple more for you, Mike Green, joining us from Sportsnet.ca, uh, chatting all things CFL free agency. Day two underway uh, of teams officially being able to sign pen to paper with uh, UFAs. Uh, one of the teams that was, you know, under the radar a bit, but has made a couple of big moves. The BC Lions, obviously, uh, there's really no way to replace what Nathan Rourke did for this team last year. They'll go with uh, an experienced CFL arm in, in Vernon Adams, but if we're being honest, they're you know. There's just no, as I said, there's really no way to replace the talent and the skill uh, that Nathan brought to the team last year. No, I mean, that guy, it was such a shame when he got hurt last year because he was on his way to potentially historic numbers. And he was, you know, for a league that's had so many issues the past few years, just in terms of making it hard for the casual sports fan to really get into it. He was the one guy who I think even non-CFL fans were, were really keeping an eye on. So, Vernon Adams is not Nathan Rourke. Now, again, another guy who has looked very good at times and no better than very average at other times. So, um, having said that, you know, when the Lions named Nathan Rourke the starter last year, I was very questionable about that. And uh, they were right and I was wrong. So, um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and uh, we'll see how, we'll see how uh, Mr. Adams does. And uh, last but not least, the uh, Ottawa Red Blacks, maybe not uh, the biggest splashes, you know, when it comes to free agency. Shaq Evans is a name a lot of people will recognize from his time in Saskatchewan. Cariel uh, Brooks was a, an all-star with the Hamilton Tiger Cats, but it just feels like an organization that's understanding where they were the last couple of years and are willing to to build it up slowly and hopefully the right way rather than 
making a, a ton of noise on day one of free agency. They've got a lot of work to do there, but some interesting pieces still in Ottawa. Yeah, you know, I, I thought that team was, I mean, I know they had a bad record last year, but I thought they stayed competitive despite uh, Jeremiah Masoli, their quarterback, going down early in the year, and they just didn't have a problem mm-hmm. backup. So, I mean, if, if Jeremiah comes back healthy, um, I, I think that roster is pretty decent. And, and Sean Burke, the GM there, you now in his second year, uh, was with a very successful Ticats organization. There's a lot of Ticats links on that team. I think if Masoli's healthy, I, I, I think they have a real shot at the East. Uh, you look at the scores last year. I mean, their their point differential was pretty good. And there weren't a lot of, you know, 35 to 7 games. So um, you give them some decent quarterback play. And, uh, you know, I'll, 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 I think they could be right there. Uh, Mike, thanks so much for the time today. Really do appreciate it. Uh, there's been a lot going on in the CFL. And I uh, appreciate you taking some time out of your afternoon to chat with us about it. Okay, Logan, have a good one, man. Yeah, you too. Mike Green joining us down the Atlas Beach and Sports Bar guest hotline. CFL free agency well underway. We're into day two, and uh, the Ticats continue to be busy. Uh, they've signed by far the most amount of free agents this year. Uh, more Calgary connections. JV and Elliott signing uh, yesterday along with, uh, of course, Stampeders star linebacker Jameer Thurman. Uh, also today, Fraser Sopic, uh, Canadian linebacker. I uh, spent a lot of time in the Calgary organization the last couple of seasons. He is now a member of the Hamilton Tiger Cats. So uh, you go down the list, and it's a long list of CFL veterans now joining Bo Levi Mitchell in Hamilton, Javian Elliott, uh, Duke Williams, Jagera Davis, Tim White, Casey Sales, James Butler, Joel Figueroa, Jameer Thurman, Kwaku Botang, Levi Noel, and now Fraser Sopic. Uh, Hamilton clearly disappointed with how last year went and willing to spend the money to go out and obviously give the defense a facelift, give Bolivai Mitchell some really interesting options. Uh, Tim White is back in the fold there. Duke Williams, I think if he can get over some of the issues on the field, I'll say at the best of times, and, and just get back to, to focus on, on playing football, there's a guy that's been a dominant receiver in this league at times, I think can still be a, a really effective, big body threat for Bo Levi Mitchell and Hamilton. So we'll see the Ticats, as we've seen a couple of times, you know, across the CFL in the last couple of years, when you've got a long gray cup drought, you've got a chance to host the game like Hamilton does this upcoming season. You want to do everything in your power to make sure that you've got the best roster to possibly be at that game in November uh, certainly looks as though that's the uh, approach that the Hamilton Tiger Cats have taken uh, for the Calgary Stampeders. Still, just the one signing, Julian Houser, the uh, defensive lineman, formerly of the Tiger Cats, uh, All Star, has joined the team. Uh, we'll hear from head coach and GM Dave Dickinson coming up in the next segment uh, to get his breakdown of the signings and some of the things that have happened. But uh, a long list of talent that has left Calgary so far: Falerno Rimalade, now in Toronto. He is a Big-time loss on the defensive line for the Calgary Stampede. Sean Bain, uh, sneaky, explosive receiver for the Stamps. Didn't get a ton of time, saw more as the year went on with some injuries for the Stamps. Um, he is signed uh, with the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. You've got Javian Elliott, uh, Jameer Thurman, and Fraser Sopic, like I mentioned, uh, off to Hamilton. Stephen Banks, defensive lineman, 
uh, who cycled in the last season for the Calgary Stampeders. He's off to Saskatchewan. Tough because the Calgary Stampeders are never a team that generally dives in headfirst to free agency. Like for them to have a day like Hamilton did yesterday would have been stunning because the Stamps prefer to take care of business in-house and get their own free agents re-signed. But at the same time, that uh, you know, it's a, a pretty mass exodus of talent that the Stampeders have suffered early on in free agency here and how they plan to address that going forward will be interesting. Does a guy like Sean Lemon find himself back in the fold in Calgary? He's still unsigned. How are they going to go after um a veteran quarterback in the quarterback room with Tommy Stevens and Jake Mayer? That's something that Dave had addressed that is still up in the air. I don't know if if and when Dane Evans gets released from the Hamilton Tiger Cats, is that a name that you look for in Calgary? Uh, doesn't feel like a job that McLeod Bethel Thompson would be up for. Are you talking like a guy like Antonio Pipkin? I really don't know uh, what's out there for options as far as veteran quarterbacks go for the Calgary Stampeders, especially when you know Jake Mayer is coming in as this team's starting quarterback, um, and you're going to have to beat him out for a job. That's a, a mighty big task for anybody coming in, but there's only so many jobs available for teams. And uh, as the days go on here in CFL free agency, uh, the jobs get uh, taken up quicker and quicker. And did mention, of course, too, that quarterback swap that's uh, occurred between the Rough Riders and the Alouettes. Trevor Harris introduced as the next quarterback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders today. He seems very excited for the opportunity. And uh, Cody Fajardo makes his way to the Montreal Alouettes, uh, he's their presumed starter heading into the season, and uh, he'll bring along Greg Ellingson, who was with the Winnipeg Blue Bombers last year. So lots of movement uh, as far as the CFL goes, and uh, we'll continue to monitor it and bring you uh, the latest, of course. Uh, you can always check out uh, our pal Matty Rose from the Morning Show with Russick and Rose. Uh, he's our go-to guy for Stampeders coverage. He's at Matt Rose, YYC. He'll bring you the latest uh, news as he gets it. Uh, here on uh, Sportsnet 960. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. We'll continue a bit of uh, the CFL free agent conversation uh, as head coach and GM Dave Dickinson spoke to the media a little bit earlier on this afternoon about the start of CFL free agency and what's left to do for the Calgary Stampeders. That's next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, Flames practice day today. At the Scotiabank Sound, though. Getting set for a three-game homestand that kicks off tomorrow evening against the Detroit Red Wings. One week apart from their loss, 2-1 in Detroit. Then a little hockey night in Canada. Flames, Rangers. Everyone will hope for a recreation of that game. Back on February 6th, goals, fights, hits. Only thing it was missing was probably the Flames win. And then a little afternoon affair on family day. The Philadelphia Flyers in for a 2 p.m. puck drop. All of your Flames coverage right here on your home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960, the fan. Pat Steinberg and Peter Labardius have your Flames warm-up one hour before each Flames broadcast. 
6 o'clock tomorrow as they get set for the Flames and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, chatted a little bit of CFL free agency uh, with Mike Kareen of Sportsnet.ca last segment and uh, wanted to dive more into the Calgary Stampeders side of things as head coach and general manager. Dave Dickinson addressed the media at McMahon a little bit earlier on this Wednesday afternoon. Talked about the Stamps' loan signing so far of CFL free agency, uh, what happened or didn't happen when it came to a couple of other big names that have now found new CFL homes and the approach to the CFL free agency week continues. Uh, all of that and more here from Stamps head coach and GM Dave Dickinson. Well, I guess we'll start off with the one player brought in, uh, Julian Hauser. Uh, what are your expectations of him for the defensive line? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the D-line is where we made some moves, um, obviously with Julian and, and then James Vodders. We've changed it up. We have a good group, a good unit last year as well. Still a lot of foundational pieces on the inside, and we have good competition too. But, uh, you know, we James is a little more maybe, uh, I think, like a Jeff Coat type of guy, strong, can run well. But maybe uh, Julian brings a little more versatility that we lost when Flo didn't sign back. So... I feel good about our defensive line. In fact, I think it'll be the strength of our, our team. I really do. So uh, no pressure on those guys. But I do believe, yeah, we went a little bit in a different direction, but I like, I like those guys. Would there still be room for Sean Lemon? Well, I mean, that's the thing. Uh, tougher. Um, it, it, it's a tough question because he's still out there. Um, so did I did have communication with Sean and understand uh, some disappointment. And we'll just cross that bridge uh, if and when it happens. Mentioned you were intrigued, I think, by the linebacker market going into free agency. How has it looked? Uh, I guess twenty-four hours in. Yeah, I mean, the first thing is the most important piece in our linebacker crew um, was Cam Judge. You know, and I, we, you can lose players here and there, but there's certain guys. I don't have another guy in the league that I feel confident can play up to that standard, and and uh, really was so so happy with the way he fit in and and just him being a Stampeder. You know, and, and when you play well and you got a good group, uh, you do like to sign as many guys back as possible. But once you start giving people raises, it can affect other uh, positions. We've got good depth at the mic. I have three guys over here last year that are ready to go. We'll see if there's another piece out there that wants to be a stampeder. But uh, I do feel like, yeah, uh, Cam was a, a, a player I had to have back. I was super happy that he felt the same way. And uh, we run. We run to the ball. Uh, we got playmakers. Uh, there are definitely every year great players coming out of U.S. college football. That's uh, something we need to look at. That's what I was going to ask then. So you're comfortable if it is Silas Stewart in the middle there, or is there a middle linebacker on the market still? Well, I'm I'm saying the job could be open. Um, so, I mean, we have Shaq Smith and Perry Young as well. Um, you know, there's not only free agents that are still out there, Canadian free agents that are out there that – can make a shot. I mean, I think the, the Mike is, has to be a smart player, a guy that can run sideline to sideline, has to have good communication with the D-line and the back end. You know, we've been able to find people there. We've been fortunate. So uh, we will hopefully keep that going. And opportunity is one thing uh, that who's going to take advantage of it. And certainly, I think we have some guys that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, we we put some feelers out there and and talked to some people, and uh, as of right now, nothing's worked out. Um, but 
Uh, I do think it's got to fit in our plans. It's got to fit in our team. Uh, we'll see if it, you know, ultimately, uh, I, don't, I don't know where we're at at this stage on, on some of these other contracts. I feel confident in Tommy. Uh, I've talked to him. He's here this offseason, living in Airdrie. Um, he needs to take a step forward. And I want to give him that opportunity. But, you know, you're always at still a position. You're always looking to find as many good players as possible and, and create competition and ultimately be the best you can be at quarterback. Darnell Sankey signed in the XFL this morning, um, was reported to be one of the higher sought out free agents in the league. Uh, two questions on that. Did the Stamps have any connection to him during this free agency period? And what are your thoughts on, on a player like that heading to a, a different league? Well, I mean, uh, I thought it could happen. I mean, I, I'm not, uh, didn't love seeing guys leave our league for the XFL, but, you know, to each their own. We got we to gotta basically stay with the players that uh, want to play in Canada and be part of the CFL Great League. Um, but I don't know his personal situation. Yes, agents, uh, we talked. I didn't talk to him personally. Uh, you know, where he started out, we weren't in that market. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to lose some guys. We got to do that. But we got to replace them. We got to bring new people in here. We got to have new blood in this league. And we got to make sure people understand this is a, a place uh, for talent to show up and ultimately have some pretty good contracts. In the most general sense, how has this free agency period gone? As you expected, lots of differences, uh, just the direction it's yeah. kind of flowed. Well, I mean, uh, listen, I have a pretty good mentor in Huff, and we've, we liked our team last year. I, I, I really enjoyed coaching, and I thought there was a lot of good pieces there. And so, you know, for me, it wasn't – I really wasn't uh, out there fishing. I wanted to sign our guys, and – I think we did a good job of that, and it was hard. Um, you know, we had some competition going after our players and ultimately lost a few, but, you know, I really feel like we, we did what we needed to do. We've got depth. We've got speed. We've got skill. We've got toughness. Um, you know, we just basically, in my mind, made a, a, a bit of a splash at the end uh, because we brought in the two new players, and we're trying to find those pieces that want to be Calgary Stampeders that can make us better. But, yeah, I think it went the way I wanted. I mean, you don't have a lot of new blood, but guess what? That means we should be hitting the ground running and we should be out there uh, uh, performing at a high level uh, starting in week one. Can we ask about Kamar Jordan? Yeah, I don't know where he's at. I've been in contact with his agent. And uh, as of right now, he's in the same boat. Uh, just see what the deal is out there. I'm not at the position right now where I feel like uh, for Kamar that we're, we're moving forward. And once again, tough, tough. Uh, relationships are formed um, so same thing I'm not going to close the door but right now I haven't opened it as well and I just got to make sure to see where our roster is and try to figure that out uh, when and if it happens. Coach Bruce, Bryce Bell needed to play some tackle at points last year do you see him as more of an interior guy or could he bump out? Well he was pretty pretty uh, versatile for us you know uh, never played center was able to help us out when Sean got hurt uh, you know, we got decent depth with uh, three uh, really good American tackles that I think will be fighting for two spots, but Bryce needs to be in that mix. What we want to do is just, you know, keep making him a better player, and I don't care where it's at. I don't. I, I got to make him a better player and get his leadership going and his voice going and just feel like whenever he's in the game, he'll be at his best. I've got to ask about the safety position as well. We didn't see a lot of Ameko last year. We saw even less of Royer. Do you expect that to be another kind of position battle that you watch throughout camp, or could that be somewhere you look to add? Yeah, I think you'll get word. Uh, you know, we've got a verbal bringing one of our guys back in the back end that'll help. I just don't want to jump the gun on that. But uh, 
with our Canadians, I do think I've got a solid group. I think Stats, Nick Stats showed up and, and uh, you know, we'll make him better. Danny Moko was a nice surprise, but he needs just playing time. And then with Royer, we just didn't get a look. Uh, we also, you know, we we're in contact with Books, Buka. We have a we had a guy that we drafted uh, that was hurt that could come back, and uh, so I believe we'll have a good group of Canadian DBs that can play not only safety. I believe they can play corner, and that's something we'll we'll let them battle it out in camp. But I think you'll see some good players out there. Are you expecting the Stamps to be a, a right to the cap team? Yes. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. It's my first shot at it and all that. I, I don't know how it works in the past, but what I've done, I've modeled my budget exactly what Huff had done. And most teams and some teams maybe are spending quite a bit more than the cap, and then they try to manage it. We have a comfort level that I've seen Huff work for years, and we're going to stay with that, meaning, yeah, there might be contracts slightly over, but we're not going to go overboard. And if there's extras at the end of the year, we'll try to then re-sign players and keep our continuity. But we will be right to the cap, if not over. And, uh, you know, best players, that's how you win games. Have you been surprised by what you've seen elsewhere in the league from some of the, you know, teams like Hamilton, it seems like everybody's signing there this year. <laughs> um, are you a little surprised um, what's going on elsewhere? You know, I'm just, I, I look for sure. But uh, got to do our business. Got to take care of our house. And the guys that I've, you know, certainly we've hit on most of our contract offers. We've hit on the guys uh, that we we certainly feel needed to come back in the red and white. You're always going to miss on a few, but uh, we've hit the guys we wanted. And ultimately, uh, you know, you make your bed. You got you to gotta basically be confident that you've got enough depth, enough people here. As far as throughout the league, there's more movement. You know, my goal was continuity. I like our team. I like our people in our locker room. This is a group that works, that competes, that will get better. I don't really need to change that much. I, I like our group. Derek Dennis got hurt late in the season, so he's rehabbing an injury this summer. Is there anybody else that you're kind of keeping an eye on that's working through something, trying to get ready for camp right now? Well, I mean, Derek was the biggest. I think that, uh, you know, not that we don't have good players, but, you know, he was playing at that all-star uh, caliber level. Um, I hope he comes in really hungry and, and motivated. Especially, you know, he kind of went out on a limb and said, hey, this is going to be my best and my last. So, um, but I think we'll be fairly healthy. We definitely have some guys. We've had off-season surgeries and, and players that will be coming in. We project them to be ready in camp. Uh, so we didn't have anything like super, super major at the end of the year. Um, but, but things happen. I mean, it happened last year in camp, too, where a player we didn't think we had any issues, kind of came in and, and had some knee issues. So they're going to train, they're going to work hard, and we cross our fingers. We don't get to see them. A lot of them aren't here. So uh, we just have to make sure we're flexible and that we can solve that issue if, if an injury comes up. Other than the verbal you mentioned already, are there any other uh, free agents now that were Stampeders last year that you're out with and talking to the, to see if uh, they can come back? Yeah. Like I say, I feel confident I can talk about the guys that were here, and, and we kind of covered those. Um, there's, you know, a few of the guys, you're right, some of those those vets that are uh, have played well that, yeah, we're going to probably have to wait and see. And if, if training camp or if, if there's something where injuries happen to us and they're available, then we'd, we'd kind of cross that bridge. But uh, we do feel like most of the guys, uh, yeah, that were here that aren't signed somewhere else uh, have been talked to have a contract or know where we're at. And then we just got to go about our business. Um, it is certainly tougher uh, at times. Like you say, you, you're asking guys, veterans, to maybe uh, you know come out and their salary gets gets a haircut. And 
what you don't want is a, someone coming in sour. Listen, if you decide if you like our deal and then you come in and compete, and that's just been my message is once that contract, if you want to be here, this is what we got. We'll treat you with respect, and, and we will make sure that uh, as, as you come in here, you get your opportunity, and then you got to go take it. Are you having fun? Uh, I've been busy. I, uh, I, I think it's a, a learning process, and I, I do like this type of stuff, uh, even though I think we all have to realize you, you do have, you know, your livelihoods at stake. And, and uh, I, you, you know, for me, one thing I'm learning is I am uh, pretty honest with the guys, and sometimes it, it can rub them wrong, you know, but I think it's best for me if I got to go into a locker room. Uh, we've said what we needed to say, and it's it's been hopefully a conversation that uh, you're, you know, both sides are being truthful with each other, and, and then you move forward. It's, it is a business. It can be a rough business, but it is certainly easier when you're dealing, you know, with honesty. There you go. That's Calgary Stan Peters, general manager and head coach Dave Dickinson addressing the media two days into free agency. The one major addition to this team, Julian Hausair, all-star defensive lineman signed from the Hamilton Tiger Cats. Uh, as you heard, lots of you know things in motion for the team, but they've never traditionally been huge spenders when it comes to free agency anyways. You heard Dave say there a couple times, hey, I'm I want to get our guys signed up first and, and go from there. So we'll, do I expect there'll be more free agent acquisitions for the Stampeders? Sure, but will they be the headline-grabbing ones that we've seen across the league? No, nah, probably not. I don't. I can't see that happening. Uh, thank you, to, as always, to our uh, Stampeders reporter, Matty Rose, uh, in attendance. You heard him there a couple times uh, asking Dave some questions, uh, for getting us that. Uh, that's just coming down uh, about an hour ago. Uh, from McMahon Stadium. So you heard that uh, as quickly as we can get it to you here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Just finishing up uh, our last segment of the hour. It's Logan Gordon along with you, Cam and Taylor, outstanding production duo in the other room. Flames still off tonight. They're back tomorrow against the Detroit Red Wings, but a quick look at the uh, NHL schedule tonight. It's a busy one. It kicks off with uh, the Chicago Blackhawks and the Toronto Maple Leafs from Toronto. That one across the Sportsnet Television Network. Austin Matthews returns to the Leafs lineup after a five-game absence. You've got the Red Wings and the Oilers. If you want to get an early look at Detroit, after you saw them last week, you want to get a look at them on the road. They're up the road in Edmonton tonight. Sportsnet West and Sportsnet 1 will carry that game. It's a 7.30 puck drop in Edmonton. Vancouver coming off of a really disappointing loss to Detroit uh, the other night. It was a 6-1 final. They have an 8 p.m. puck drop as they welcome in the Flames opponent on Saturday, the New York Rangers. Also mixed in there, Avalanche and Wild. We have the Sabres and the Ducks, Lightning and the Coyotes. Uh, and interesting to note, uh, it's been a topic of discussion for uh, a couple of people. Uh, Jacob Chikrin still not traded by the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, now approaching five days since they said they were going to hold him out of the lineup for, quote, trade-related reasons. We've seen that same terminology used for the Columbus Blue Jackets, who are back in action tomorrow when they host the Winnipeg Jets when it comes to their defenseman, uh, Vladislav Gavrikov. Uh, he's also out of the lineup for trade-related reasons. Now, there's nothing, nothing inherently wrong with that. They can, it's, it's their choice. And for a lot of these teams like Columbus and Arizona, the points don't matter at this point in the season. 
Chikrin and, and Gavrikov still get paid their full NHL salaries. They're just not playing the games, and they're just sort of in a wait-and-see pattern. Now, some people are, are frustrated by that, saying that you know certain teams get an advantage if you were, say, the Toronto Maple Leafs, and uh, you're looking at Arizona tonight and thinking, well, they'd be a harder out if they had Jacob Chikrin, and those two points mean something because I'm trying to catch Tampa Bay uh, for a spot in our division. I guess I, I don't know that one player as good a player as Jacob Chikrin is. I, I don't know that he makes that big of a, of a decision that you're talking about, you know, impacting the integrity of the game. If you know what I mean? I, I don't, I don't think it's, it's the difference between two points for Tampa Bay tonight when they take on Arizona, but at the same time, I do wonder how long these things go on. I know Jeff Merrick talked about it with Elliot Friedman uh, earlier today on the Jeff Merrick show. It is kind of interesting that both of these situations have taken, I I think, longer to uh, happen than we thought. Usually when that comes down, when you hear, look, he's being held up for trade-related reasons or he's being healthy scratched for, for trade reasons, you're usually talking like a 24, 48-hour window before a deal gets done. Like, are the Coyotes willing to hold out Jacob Chikrin until March 3rd because they, they want to manage the asset? They're within their right to do so. I just I wonder how other teams, I wonder how the NHLPA would feel about that. Again, as, as far as Jacob Chikrin and Vladislav Gavrikov go, they're not being denied anything. They're just not playing. And that can be anything from a coach's decision to an organizational decision that you're more valuable to us right now, remaining on the sidelines, staying healthy. You still get your full paycheck. You're still a part of the team until we say so. We're just going to try to keep you out of uh, as many situations where you might get injured because the return is going to be significant for a Jacob Chikrin. So we wait and see what exactly that looks like. He won't be in the lineup tonight against Tampa Bay. Early reports have suggested that the LA Kings still remain a front runner in that conversation. Is there a bigger deal to be had with Arizona when it comes to goaltender Carl Vamelka? We'll see. It, it makes a lot of sense. And LA and Jacob Chikrin have been linked for a very long time now but haven't been able to cross that barrier yet. Does it happen the next couple of weeks? Do we wait to trade deadline? Is there another team like the Boston Bruins that, that come in and maybe re-enter the sweepstakes for Jacob Chikrin? We'll see. All we know is tonight when the Coyotes and the Lightning meet up in Arizona at Mullet Arena, Jacob Chikrin will not be a part of that. Uh, I mentioned the Oilers and the Red Wings tonight from uh, Edmonton. The Oilers... In a couple of interesting trade scenarios themselves, they've been linked to the names of Eric Carlson. Patrick Kane is a name that's been thrown around a bit there. Uh, I would highly recommend you check out uh, the Big Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts this morning, if you're interested in an Edmonton perspective on the Eric Carlson rumors. Uh, Mark Spector from Sportsnet joined uh, Rustic and Rose this morning 
and sort of dove into his belief as to why it it just doesn't make sense for the Edmonton Oilers from a salary cap perspective to make the deal happen and perhaps some other names that Edmonton might look to. If I was the Oilers, I'd be, I mean, I would have made, I think, as many all-in moves as I possibly can when you've got guys like McDavid and Dreisaitl playing at the level that they are. So from that perspective, I think, yeah, the Oilers should absolutely be interested in Eric Carlson. That salary is just, it's a massive hurdle. It is not easy to fit in another guy when you've got, you know, Connor McDavid making, you know, he's underpaid, but making as much money as he makes for the Oilers to potentially pay not only the asking price for Eric Carlson based on the year that he's had, but to also potentially pay the price of a third team to come in and broker the deal when there's multiple years left on Eric Carlson's deal. But it sure is fun to to talk about it. So if you're interested in that, head to uh, the big show with Rustic and Rose, wherever you get your favorite podcast. Uh, Mark Spector joined them a little bit earlier to talk about all the trade rumors surrounding uh, the Edmonton Oilers and Eric Carlson. Enjoy the rest of your afternoon. We'll be back tomorrow here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan.